0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now, in the days, in the weeks, in the months ahead, pay very close attention to that which is in your spirit. Be led by that which is in the Word, that which I impart unto you, for truly the road ahead is becoming more precarious and more dangerous at a point in which many are saying, okay, everything's okay now. Everything's all right now. And many of those that prognosticate and look ahead, they will declare the south wind blows softly. But there are storms on the horizon in just about every situation of life. But I will keep you in the storm. I will bring you through it. I will cause you to be blessed in every way and you will stand strong in all that I've placed in your heart and in your mind through my word. So be strong in the Lord and the power of his might and you shall experience overwhelming victory in the days ahead when all the world is confused and in fear. Hallelujah. Oh, what a great word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, the Lord is good. Amen? In your Bibles, you can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I guess if I would title this this morning, and we will go as long in this as the Lord allows, I would call it your spiritual life. Everybody say, my spiritual life. You know, learning to walk and live in the Spirit is a great blessing. I believe that we live at a time in which just because of, how, how could I say this, just because of the attrition of time, time has 6,000 years or more according to biblical history, uh, we're that far from creation, therefore man has had 6,000 years under the sway and under the tutelage of sin man has become a very good sinner put it that way and then we see that results of that in just about every endeavor of life we see it in governments we see it in industry we see it in in just about every uh, 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 everything that man does to uh, promote himself and to uh, exploit the population of people upon the earth, we see a great manifestation of selfishness, and that is really the bedrock of the, or the reality of uh, the fall of man as man fell into selfishness, where things no longer became about God or the other person, it became about themselves and so the good news is is being born again, being saved uh, uh, literally affords us an opportunity to step out of that mindset and step into a different mindset, and we do that through the realm of the Spirit. Now, understanding that everything that we're experiencing here, and that's everything from you know, your eyes seeing the color of the chairs and the plants to you feeling the atmosphere that the air conditioning and uh, uh, air conditioning system is providing, enjoying the lights as the lights uh, light up the darkness so we don't have to sit in some kind of shadow or darkness. All of these natural things find their origin in an unseen realm. Everything that is and everything that exists existed before it existed here somewhere else in which it is not seen. I think that uh, too many people think that this is reality, that, that what, we, what we contact with our senses is reality. Whereas, as a matter of fact, what is reality is, is the truth of the Word of God. Now, now the good news is we have a Bible. I, I think that, that, that especially in America, we have lost our appreciation for what the Bible really is. I'm doing some writing right now, creating some mini books for uh, just getting ready for harvest, you know. So I'm doing mini books on being born again. I'm doing mini books on being baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm doing mini books on being healed. Just simple, the simple teaching we teach here at Island Church, we can put in people's hands so they'll understand these things. Well, all of this information comes from the Bible, and the Bible is the unseen realm speaking into the seen realm. It is. Listen. It is the only book on the planet that is a spiritual book. You say, "Well, well, what about the Satanic Bible?" Well, this, uh, a witchcraft is a work of the flesh. Did you know that? So to go read Galatians, Galatians chapter 6, witchcraft is a work of the flesh. The Bible talks about that. But the real true work of the Spirit, that which God has done for us in Christ, number one has to be recognized, number two has to be embraced, number three has to be implemented in your life for it to work. You know, some people, some people they believe, you know, you read a scripture and you, you know, the Bible says that God will supply all of your need according to his riches riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So a lot of people believe, well, that's in the Bible. But do they believe it's true? Now listen, you can't believe it's true unless the Word itself has the power to convince you. And that's the reality of the Word of God is every scripture in the Bible has power built into it to convince you of its reality. Amen? Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, before I get ahead of myself, start at verse verse 15. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many rebound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not, But though our outward man perisheth, yet the inward man is renewed every Sunday morning. Oh, I'm sorry. The inward man is renewed when? Day by day. Which means you need to live for God every day. Not just on Sundays, on Wednesdays, or during a conference, but every day you need to be living for God. Amen? Now notice the next one. For our light affliction... You ought to go study what Paul went through. I mean, he was beat, stoned, killed, raised from the dead. He faced all kinds of crazy opposition. And he calls it light affliction. Now notice this. Which is but for a moment. Now, you know what Paul, what's unique about Paul is you got to understand who he is and how he measures things. So he's measuring things against his, his perception of eternity. Now, let's just park right there for a minute. You say, what do you mean? You have to measure, thing, measure everything in your life through your perception of eternity. Amen? Now, every person ever born onto this earth, Every person that came through the correct gate, which is through the womb of a woman, every person is an eternal being, but not every person has been impressed with what eternity is. Eternity is more than just a realm of timelessness. Eternity is a realm in which God is so dominant that nothing in that realm can supersede what he has said or what he has done. No one can change eternity. You can't go back and, and try to, uh, uh, you know, resurrect someone and get them. No, no, no. Eternity is already, it's already a settled reality. You know, when Jesus, when, excuse me, when the Father uh, created all that is and was and ever will be, he entered into his own seventh day, which is a day of rest in which he is literally seated upon his throne and everything he has initiated is being played out right now. Amen. God's never surprised by anything you know the things the two words we say God never says is the word "Uh uh-oh you say why because he knows how everything's going to turn out he knows how it's going to happen we're the ones that's caught up in the drama of it amen so he calls these things now notice this light affliction you say pastor I'm telling you I'm not going through no light affliction well you need to see it that way you need to see it through the eyes of eternity because seeing it that way means you're seeing the answer and not the problem too many people, that is their problem, is they're so focused on the problem, that's all they can see. But you've got to realize God loves you, God cares about you, God values you, and He's already given you the answer to your problem. You're the one that has to implement it. Amen. Amen? Now, notice this. Now, let me, that's a good thought. Thank you, Lord. A lot of what religion has done has removed, it has removed, the ability of the believer to interact with eternal things Uh, preaching and teaching has become a philosophical exercise in which good thoughts and good feelings are transmitted from the pulpit well that's not you're not going to be able to live on good thoughts and good feelings you need a clarion word from God Listen, if, you're, if you've sat in front of the doctor and he's giving you a diagnosis, you need a word of healing. If you've sat in front of a, the banker and he said, you know, you're not making it, you're running out, of you need a clarion word of prosperity. If you're depressed, you need a clarion word of joy and peace in your life. No matter what's going on in your life, your need has already been met by God and he has put the meeting of that need in his word. So out of his word, you can draw the power and ability necessary to overcome whatever situation you're in right now. So that you can see yourself the way God sees you. You're more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the earth. And quit allowing, listen... Quit allowing circumstances of your life to become the drama that they want to be. If you do that, they will control you. But you stand in your position of victory. God's not going to give you the victory. He's already given it to you. And from the standpoint of victory, you make a decision, this thing is not going to control me. I'm going to control it in Jesus' name. If you will do that by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God, you will see that everything you go through in life is a light affliction but for a moment. Come on, church. We're the ones that draw it out and make it a little heavier than what it is. Amen. I mean, God. the Bible says God looks down at it and laughs. Amen. For our light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Now, here's the scripture I wanted to get to uh, uh, there in verse 18. It says, while we look not at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. Now, notice that again. While we look not at things which are seen. Now, Now, first of all, I don't know if that's easy or not. You say, what do you mean? Well, there are things in my life that I've been able to, you know, I don't look at them. I don't, I don't. There are other things that, you know, has got a way of jumping up and down in front of you for a long time. Here I am. I've come to stay. I've come to move in. The Bible says there are things in life we need to look not at. And he qualifies that by saying this. Don't look at things that are seen. Now, if we were to amplify that, and we'll do that in just a moment when we read the amplified version, we can say it like this, don't let the focus of your life be that which only your senses contact. The thing that you see, the thing that you hear, the thing that you feel, the thing that you smell or taste, let that be the total reality of your life. Now that's the problem with a lot of people especially with Christians who have been kind of religiously brainwashed and really don't believe in the activity of God affecting their life. Healing power of God, the ability of God to prosper, the ability of God to deliver you, the ability of God and His Word to give you joy and peace no matter what you're going through in life. They're not looking. They're not focusing on that. They're focusing on what they hear, what they see, what they taste, what they feel, what they smell. They're allowing their senses to be their source of information. Now let me just say that. Say this and this will help you. Don't get mad at yourself if that's what's been going on in your life. Because that is absolutely natural. Amen? That is absolutely natural. Actually there's a lot to be said for good common sense. But there should be a departure place in your life you say what do you mean a departure place a place where you step back from that which is seen now notice the scripture for we look not at things that are seen but at things which are not seen where you step back and begin to allow the reality of what is not seen to become the reality of your life or the situation that you're involved in amen you say well, well pastor uh, that's, that's hard to do it's not if you do it by the word Because built into the Word is the power of God. God Himself draws His power from His Word. I don't understand the dynamic of all of that, but I do understand this. When God speaks His Word, encapsulated in that Word is the power to make that Word come to pass. What it is looking for is a believing heart. If that word, as it goes around in an auditorium or over the airwaves or, or in a book, however it goes by the Bible, if that word can find a believing heart, that word can find a way out of the unseen realm into the seen realm and affect that which God says I can do in the seen realm. Amen. He can save, He can heal. He can deliver. He can take the worst possible life and turn it around completely. He can give you joy. He can give you peace. And here's the good news. He's already made a decision to do it for you. You have to become willing to allow that decision to become the reality of your life. When you got saved, now think about this. When you got saved, you embraced something in a realm you could not see. What is the greatest fear of humanity? It is, it is fear of death. Why, why was there such a fear of death upon humanity and the earth? Because of the uncertainty of what happens after you die. The fear of punishment is built into the fear of death. I mean, we look back at our lives. I mean, n- none of us have lived a perfect life. All of us make mistakes. Every one of us have areas in our life in which we can improve. I like what one uh, minister said years ago. He said the greatest room in our life needs to be the room for improvement. I ought to get a better amen than that. <laughs> amen. We all are our works in progress. And that goes on till the day Jesus comes and gets us or to the day we go to heaven. Amen. But the good news is God has made a deposit in the unseen realm. Oh, I like that. But He's given us a deposit slip. I mean, if they make a mistake at the bank and you got the deposit slip, you're going to be okay. All you got to go in and say, "This I did not print this, you did. You just missed a really good opportunity to shout. You say, why? When you go to God, you go to God like this. I didn't write this, you did. I didn't write by his stripes you're healed, you did. I didn't write you'd supply all of my now, you did. From the unseen realm through the finger of God, you breathed on men and women of God throughout the years and you gave us the documentation of who you are, what you can do, who we are, what we can do. I didn't write this, you did. You've given me a receipt for that which you've deposited for me. And the Bible says while we look not at things that are seen, but at things that are unseen, what is unique about our receipt, it's seen. I should have got a better shout than that. You say, what do you mean? It is a scene. Actually, I like what Hebrews uh, chapter 11 says in the Amplified. It is the title deed. That's right. You have been given a title deed in the scene realm of everything that belongs to you in the unseen realm. Oh, amen. Glory to God. That's why you've got to embrace it. You've got to, you've got to act upon it. You've got to initiate what it says in your life. Now let me read, read, finish reading the scripture here and we'll look at it in the Amplified. It says, while we look not at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal. Oh, glory to God. Think about what you're going through right now. It's temporal. I said it's temporal. I said it's te- You know what temporal is, amen? Glory to God. I know for some of the men of the church, I won't name you, their- Point you out that have young daughters that would always, you know, their daughters always come come to church with a with a with a with a young boy or something like that, and the and the fathers would always introduce those young men. As, this is this is temporary. <laughs> now, having a 20-year-old daughter, I know what they mean. Amen. <laughs> temporal means it's not gonna last forever, temporal means it's not eternal. Temporal means there's a solution to it. Temporal means there's an answer for it. Now the things that are seen are what? They're temporal. One translation says subject to change. But the things that are unseen are eternal. One translation says forever settled in heaven. Forever settled in heaven. Now listen, I like it in the Amplified. Let me read in the Amplified. It says, It says, Since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are visual, visible are temporal, brief, and fleeting. But the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. Now, now, don't struggle with things that are unseen. You say, now, now pastor, that's just such an abstract concept. No, it's not. If you think about just in the natural life, the things that are unseen, that are, that are major things in life. Love. I mean, we can say the word love outside of the boundaries of Christianity. We can say, you know, a, a young man and a young woman, they, they fall in, in love. Well, where does that love come from? Well, what did, 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 did they get it at a store? Did, they, did someone write them a prescription? Did a, uh, how did that happen? That love was always there In the unseen realm. But when they got together, because of their hearts, they embraced something in the unseen realm and brought it into their life. Hate's the same way. Prejudice is the same way. The problem is with humanity, just about everything that's wrong with humanity, we can name it, it's in the unseen realm, but it finds its expression in the seen realm. I wish hate never had an expression in the scenery, but man does it ever. I wish that prejudice never had an expression, but man does it ever. But the good news is God has also given us all of these wonderful, precious promises that by them we are partakers of his very nature and these promises are laid up in store for us in a place where the enemy cannot break in, steal them, corrupt them, or in any way cause them to deteriorate. And then God gives us the element of faith literally to tap into that unseen realm and bring them into our lives now how's my time oh I'm doing good go real quick all the way to 2nd Kings 2nd Kings 2nd Kings chapter 5 now this is a story of Elisha and his servant but it, it, it's a good illustration for you to understand the provision of God And what God has laid up for you. Uh, Pick it up there in verse, uh, let me see where that is. Verse 8. 2 Kings chapter 6, excuse me, chapter 6 verse 8. It says, then the king of Syria warred against Israel and he took counsel with his servants saying, in such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God said unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such and such place, for thither the Syrians are come down. So, so the king of Syria, you know, just a battle plan, whatever they're going to do as, as far as the strategy for battle. And, you know, we're going to put our camp over here. And then the prophet, obviously, a seer, gets a word from God. He sends to the Israeli king, the king of Israel, and he says, listen, don't go that way because the king of Syria, has, he has an encampment there. So that's supernatural provision right there from the unseen realm. Are you with me? It says in the king of Israel... Sent to the place which the man of God had told him and warned him and saved himself there, not once nor twice, which means three times he must have done it. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria uh, was sore troubled for this thing, and he called his servant and he said unto them, Will you not show me which one of us is for the king of Israel? You know what he was saying, don't you? you gotta, we got a spy in here somewhere somebody's listening to our battle plans and then they're, they're, they're getting them and they're taking them over to the king of Syria but now notice what it says here in verse 12 it says and, and, and one of his servants said uh, no, none my lord O king but Elisha the prophet that is in Israel telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber well this, that's the gifts of the Holy Ghost in operation that's the gift of the word of knowledge. That's from the unseen realm, God getting a word off of the earth, bringing it into the unseen realm, then releasing it somewhere else upon the earth to somebody who has an ear to hear what God is saying. Woo! I'm telling you, God can protect you like that. God can bless you like that. God can open doors like I mean, it's amazing what God can do when the gifts of the Holy Ghost are in operation. Amen? Now notice this the king says this and he said the king said go and spy where he is that I may send and fetch him and it was told him saying behold he is in Doth- Dothan not Dothan Alabama another Dothan it says therefore send he thither horses and chariots and a great host so he sends his army and they came by night and compassed the city round about and when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots, and the servant said unto him, alas my lord, how shall we do or uh, what we say many times, what are we going to do now? Everybody say, what are we going to do now? <laughs> so he gets up. Now, now Elijah, he's just being a prophet doing what prophets do. Hearing from God, speaking for God. Hearing from God, speaking for God. Hearing from God, speaking for God. That doesn't always make everybody happy. Didn't make the king of Syria happy. He thought he had a spy in, the, a spy in his camp. He said, no, no, you got a prophet over there and everything you say, you can just whisper in your bedchamber and he'll shout it from the housetops. So he said, well, I tell you what, I'm going to go gather this guy up. So notice, notice first of all how intimidated the king is. He didn't send two riders on two horses. Now you say, why did he, why did he send such a vast army? Reputation. Israel had this reputation. They had the reputation of little shepherd boys killing giants. Yeah. They had this reputation of, uh, of God showing up and, and in the midst of a battle God was throwing fiery rocks out of heaven. They have this reputation of a God so powerful that he could stop the sundial. Not only that, he could turn back the clock a whole day so that Joshua could win a victory. So they had this reputation. Now let me help you for just a moment get real happy. You have a reputation in the unseen realm. Not everybody does. Not everybody does. But you do. You have a reputation in the unseen realm. It does not matter what you think about yourself. It does not matter how many victories or defeats you've had spiritually. In the unseen realm, you're more than a conqueror. In the unseen realm, you're a new creature in, the, in Christ. In the unseen realm, you are a child of Almighty God. In the unseen realm, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the earth. You've got to quit looking at yourself in the seen realm. Quit looking at the, at the armies encamped around about you. Quit looking at all the pressure the enemy's trying to bring upon you and begin to see yourself as God sees you and react accordingly. Quit acting defeated. Quit talking defeated. Quit being defeated and make a decision. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I have what God says I have. And he says, I have victory in Jesus' name. Because see, those armies that gather... The pain gets worse. The doctor's report gets worse. The financial situation gets worse. The situation seems to get worse and worse. Like the armies, the horses, and chariots are gathering around you. And many times we get up, and all we do is look in the natural, and all we can see is all this opposition that's coming at us. Yeah. You ever felt like that? I mean, that's hard to do in this day and hour, amen? But now notice this. I like, it's amazing how God does things. It says again in verse 15, And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both of horses and chariots. And the servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? What are we going to do? And Elijah Elijah answered, Fear not. You know, I've always noticed in, in real drama situations, whether it be a prophet, whether it be Jesus, or some other anointed servant of God, or man or woman of God, Anytime they walk into a situation where there's fear, the first thing they do is address fear. Fear not. Fear not. Now let me tell you, that, wasn't that a powerful tongue in interpretation of, uh, of tongues? There are things, You don't have to be a, uh, uh, you know, a, a scientist or a real bright to figure out there are some very negative things that are coming upon this earth. The Lord just spoke to us supernaturally and said be careful in the days, the weeks, the months ahead. I believe he's speaking exactly that in parallel with what I'm teaching this morning. Keep your eyes on the unseen. Amen. Keep your eyes on the Word of God. You see, now, now, is that really of that much value? Now, listen to this servant. Elisha prayed. He said, and he answered, Fear not, for they that are with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. Now that shows us something here that's unique. I remember years ago hearing, hearing Mama Ward, uh, which is a, a mentor to, to the, 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 the Brunts and myself, preach a, teach a message called, You Have Two Sets of Eyes. And when I heard that, I thought, hmm. Two sets of eyes. I thought, yeah, some people got eyes in the back of their head. But that's not what she was talking about. She was talking about the set of eyes that is part of your senses, that sees. Then she was talking about another set of eyes. And what was amazing, I still remember this day the way she taught this. She said, the, 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 the natural eyes see in the natural realm, but the, but the spiritual eyes see and perceive what is in the spirit. And I've learned that over the years. If I get my natural eyes on things, I get discouraged. If I get my natural eyes on what's going on, I get discouraged. But if I keep my spiritual eyes on who God is, who I am, and what God has already done, I can't help but stay encouraged. And a lot of people get so discouraged because they live all week long under the weight of some drama of life, some sickness, some financial problem, some family, some, some, some drama. How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, you live under that all week long. We just read where what? The outward man perisheth, but the inward man is renewed. You need to renew your sight every day. That's why your eyes need to fall on the Word of God. I like to say it like this too. When your eyes close, many times you see more with your eyes closed when you're praying than when your eyes are open. I like to look and pray. The Bible says watch, watch and pray, so I'm always watching, amen. But here's the key. There is another way to look at things. There is another way to see things. You don't have to see yourself sick. You can see yourself healed. You don't have to see yourself broke. You can see yourself prosperous. You don't have to see yourself depressed. And you know, people many times, they, they, they kind of, if you've ever noticed, if you've ever gone through anything over a length of time, it gives you an attitude, and you become cynical, and that cynicism turns you in on yourself, and you begin to isolate yourself, and here's your thinking. Well, nobody, nobody knows how I feel. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody, you know, I tell you. And it's that old same old self-pity, you know, uh, you, can, you can get emotional over it. You can have all this. Uh, you know, you can just build the drama into whatever you want to, but in reality, you need to look away from it and quit allowing your current drama to dictate what you say, how you feel, what you're going to do, and who you're going to be. I want you to just think for a moment. Go back five years. Five years ago, what is today? The 22nd? 23rd. This is May the 23rd, 2021. So go back to May the 23rd, 2016, would be five years. Is that cool? What was your biggest problem that day? You remember? Oh, you don't remember it. You had one. You had one. Amen? But now you don't. And you don't even remember. Now that gives you a little indication right there. On how this unseen, how fickle this unseen realm is, I mean, how fickle this scene realm is, how 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 changeable the scene realm is. Yes. Amen? Amen. Let me finish the scripture before I get ahead of myself. He answered and said, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes, opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountains was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elijah. Woo, glory to God. Now that gives us a little glimpse. Every once in a while we get a little glimpse into the unseen realm in the Word of God and this gives us a glimpse that no matter what army has surrounded us, God has put a bigger army around them. I heard a preacher preach this message years ago and he titled it this, Surrounded from the Inside Out. You say, what do you mean? God's got them surrounded from the inside out. The enemy may think, he may think he has you surrounded from the outside, the medical bills, uh, the the problem at the job or in the business, all this kind of stuff going on, but you just need to go ahead and say, no, no, I got you surrounded from the inside out. I got you surrounded from what's on the inside of me, what's in the unseen realm, which is eternal and forever settled in heaven. It is going to take and it's going to destroy this army and the next army that comes after that and the next army that comes after that and the next army that comes after that because I'm going to keep myself focused not on the army me that I see with these eyes, but on that which I see with the eyes of my spirit. No wonder the Apostle Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1 that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. Some of you, listen church, some of you today, you just need a new perspective. You just need to see things in the light of the Word of God, not in the shadow of what you're going through. Amen. If all you do is embrace situations of your life and dramas of your life in the shadow of what you're going through, then you're going to be under that shadow. No wonder you're depressed. No wonder you don't feel good. No wonder you don't have joy. No wonder you don't want to run, shout, and dance. But all it takes is one glimpse into what I like to call the glory realm and to see the provision of God and the blessing of God. And not only to see that, but to know that God's already initiated my deliverance, my defense, my healing, my prosperity, my blessing. All I really need to do is just cooperate with what I see in this book. If I can see it in this book, then I can believe it, and it can become the reality of my life. Now, notice how Paul prayed. That the eyes of your understanding... Be enlightened. Now, our natural eyes view things through what I call natural light. You say, what do you mean? Well, your natural eyes, what they see, you want it to, quote, make sense. Have you I had something happen in your life, you thought, that just doesn't make sense. That just doesn't make sense at all. Well, here's the thing. God wants to open the eyes, not of your, not of explanation. Now let me let me qualify that, and I'll close with this thought. Your mind demands an explanation. That is what I call the comfort food. I mean, know what comfort food is? The other day I bought. I was just going through, you know, uh, Randall's buying all this good health food. And Haagen-Dazs has out a new product called a uh, dipped soft ice cream bar. And you know, words are powerful. <laughs> you know, I, love, I, I don't know why Galveston is, is, is under such a curse that we don't have a Dairy Queen. Amen. Thank you, Father, for a Dairy Queen. Amen for then we will know there's revival on this island. But Lee and I, we have, we've driven up to, to up 146 to get a, a dipped cone. So in my mind, I'm thinking, dipped cone. So I, I think they come three in a pack, and they're not big, they're, they're, they're about... So I ate one the other night, and it was an extreme comfort food. It made me, I mean, it's not like broccoli. Broccoli. <laughs> because I had to eat broccoli that night in a salad, you know, I'm like. You know, there are foods that every time you chew it, they get bigger in your mouth, you know. But then I, I, after, after dinner, I unwrapped that. And it felt so good to my flesh, tasted so good to my mouth, it looked so good to my eyes, and I was disappointed when I was finished. Now that pretty much explains fleshly experiences right there. Amen. You can just take about anything you want to and put it within that confinement and there is comfort and pleasure. Amen? But in reality void from comfort and pleasure because see the comfort, the Haagen-Dazs dipped soft and that, by the way they are good. I do recommend them. The Haagen-Dazs dipped ice, ice cream bars. Amen? Uh, listen. Everything about them, you can rationalize. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, you can explain what it is. You can explain everything about it. And the mind, listen, because your carnal mind is an enmity to God and demands rational explanation for everything, that bar fits right in the slot that defines that. And, and, And you can make every excuse in the world for why you need one. Need one? Need one. Y'all missed that. Y'all just missed that. Y'all about three o'clock in the afternoon, you'll get that. Amen. But now, Paul prays in Ephesians chapter one, what? That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. So if I was to run into somebody outside the Randalls and I've got my bag with my ice cream bars in it and he would just say, now look, I have this unseen thing here that tastes 10 times better than that does and it... It has no fat, no calories. It won't rot your teeth. It's, it's just, uh, but, but you're just going to have to believe that I've got, I wouldn't believe that. No more than I'd believe that guy was an astronaut fixing to go to the moon or anything else that anybody tries to present to you that has no substance or material to it. Your eyes cannot accept it. Your ears cannot accept it. Your touch cannot accept it. Your, 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 your taste and feeling cannot accept it. But then God gives us what? The Word to impart to us understanding which is not an explanation. So there's no comfort in the information. You say, what do you mean by that? The comfort that the eyes, the ears, and the senses want. No, we look not at things that are seen, but at things that are unseen. The problem with a lot of people when it comes to the Word of God is they're expecting the Word of God to produce for them what they produce for themselves when it comes to the comfort of their life. Amen? This is not a haagen bar, nor is it a joint... Or a shot of whiskey. Amen. See that how did I get off on this? It might take a moment to get out of it. We want things explained. We want to know why one and one is two and two and two is four. That 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 pacifies our minds. Amen. Then we come to church and we hear, you got to walk by faith, 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 you got to walk by faith. They're going, walk by faith? My God, I'm doing all I can do, just walk. Much less by some unseen realm, unseen God. And so it doesn't make any, quote, sense. We just finished teaching on prosperity. Give my money? I just came in here and sat down for an hour. Amen. Come on, church. Can you explain to me? No, all I can do is give you a word from God that will remove from you the temporal aspect of the drama of your life. It's not going to impart to you an explanation of why it worked, how it worked, when it worked, why it worked. It's only going to stimulate your understanding. How many how many drove a vehicle here today? You drove uh, drove that's everybody here. Our vehicles today, unless I think guess Laura's got a truck out there that they've restored that is just all the basic motor, transmission, wheels. But for the most part, none of us have that anymore. If I were to lift the hood on my truck, I just put it back down. (laughs) I know where the washer fluid goes, and I'm suspect about that, you know. But I do not have an explanation anymore about how these combustion engines work because of all of the computer systems. There was a car that came out the other day, somebody was saying it had 20 different, 20 separate computers to it. Now does that inhibit you from driving the car because you don't have an explanation of how it works? What you do is you step out in human understanding. You have faith in Ford, Chevy, Dodge, Toyota, Nissan, whatever you're driving, you have faith in. And that's just natural human faith. That's all that is. But then God gives us something so powerful that it has the ability to interrupt the natural thinking process of the human being and impart an understanding from heaven itself something that is eternal, forever settled in heaven, that will never change. And how it began in your life was like this. One day you got a revelation that you were a sinner. That's how it begins. I'm a sinner. I'm not a good person. That's called the conviction of the Holy Ghost. Somebody was praying for you or somewhere you heard the Word of God that brought conviction. Then you begin to realize there's an answer. There is a Savior. His name is Jesus. Well, Now, now I'm a sinner. He's a Savior. How are we going to get this thing together? So God imparts a word of understanding. If thou shalt believe in thy heart and confess with thy mouth that God hath raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The provision and the one that needs the provision come together at the point of understanding and faith is imparted. You come to the altar. You you bow your knee at your house, wherever it was. You believe you receive. You pray that prayer. You get up from there and now you what? Now you know. Apart from any explanation that satisfies the human mind, let's just put it like this. Your eyes have been opened to the armies of God. You see the provision of God. How many today, you don't believe you're saved, you know you're saved. Now that shows you right there that something from an unseen realm has come into your life and affected you in such a way that it has done what? It has changed your entire perception of how you see things. Now, if we were to explain life from that point, this is what it's, this is what, I mean, we could go to the details of everybody's lives, that'd take forever, but in general, this is what life becomes after you know you're saved. It becomes you living your life out here on this earth and the enemy doing everything he can try to do to you to try to convince you of the reality of what you see in the unseen realm is not real. You're not saved. You're not going to heaven. Well, look what you did last week. Well, look what you did two weeks ago. Well, look what you did. So what do you do? You go back and you embrace the Word of God that says, if I ask God to forgive me and just confess it to Him, the Bible says He's going to forgive me and cleanse me of all sin and unrighteousness and where my fellowship with God may have been broken, now I'm restored back in fellowship with God. And that happens because he never broke his relationship with me. So all of these spiritual truths, we're going to begin to to, kind of, as we study our spiritual life, I want to emphasize things in our spiritual life that if we will focus on that in the days ahead, what's going on in the natural is not going to infect or affect us as it does the world or the world system. As I've been praying over what, you know, what? what is it, Lord? What What do we look like? How do we function? What are we preparing for? What's going to happen? What's going on? You said the last of the last days. We've got all the negative information of everything that is in the Word of God. The coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the rapture of the church, all of the trials, the tribulations, the perilous times, the, 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 the weighty wages of sin that are being paid in people's lives because sin has run such a rampant course over the last 6,000 years. Lord... What are we going to look like? We can't look in the natural. We have to look in the spirit. So God shows us in the word of God that in the last days there's going to be a glorious church on the earth. Glory depicting that which comes from the unseen realm and shows up in the natural realm the glory of God. Every time we pay our bills every month, that's the glory of God. You say, why? Because we're living by faith. Every time you pay your bills, you have a job, you have business. Every time we hear one of these great testimonies of healing, how people have been prayed for at the altar, or we've prayed for one of your friends or loved ones, and next thing you know, there's no sickness, there's no disease. We heard a couple of powerful testimonies here in the past month or so of people that were just, we just prayed for people down here at the altar, and God did a miracle in their life. We are doing what? We are embracing a realm not seen by the world or the world system. And we're pulling out of that realm the provision and the power we need not only to just survive in the midst of this, but also to do the will of God. So in the last days, obviously, God is going to increase the activity. Now, notice the increase of the demonic that's gone on on the earth in the past two years. Do you think God is going to be left in second place and not turn up the increase of the glory? He's not. I see it like a wave beginning to ra- rise out on, the, out on the horizon. We're not really that familiar o- of it here in Galveston because we get so many, so many uh, uh, wind-chopped waves. The waves tend to be real choppy. But, but we've surfed in the Pacific quite a lot over the years, and you see these beautiful swells coming from a long way. And it's amazing how long you've got to wait for them to get there. And they're coming from real deep water. Super. I think off the the north. I think off the north shore of Hawaii. There's a 6,000 foot trough. Can you imagine a wave coming out of 6,000 feet of water and hitting a three foot coral reef? What does that release? If you've ever seen it on film or been there and seen it personally, you know what it releases. All of the power and the potential of that ocean. That's what we're fixing to experience. The waves of God's glory that He is sending into the earth in this day and this hour that is going to be the provision for all the whosoever's that ever called upon the name of the Lord. It's going to be their protection. It's going to be their healing. It's going to be their blessing. It's going to be their direction. And they're going to know exactly what to do, how to do it, and where to do it based on not what they're seeing with their natural eyes, but what they see with their spirit. For we look not, we look not, we look not Well, Pastor, I just can't ignore that. Nobody said anything about ignoring anything. To look not is the ability to not embrace the drama, but to embrace it with the Word of God and to make a decision. This Word is more than enough to get me out of this, to get me restored, and to get me blessed like I need to be so the glory of God can be revealed. Amen? That helped you this morning? Praise God. Father, thank you so much for your Word. Thank you that the entrance of your word brings light and life to us. Empower us as your children, Lord, not to have our eyes so open to this world and this world system that we miss that which you're doing. Father, that your glory would be revealed, that your power would be on display, and that in the last of the last days, Lord, we would enter into seasons of time in which we're caught up in the glory of God as the unseen becomes so much of a reality that it becomes our reality. Open our eyes, Father. Open our eyes. There's so much to look at on the earth right now that is negative and bad. Open the eyes. We pray the prayer in Ephesians chapter 1. Let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened so that we may know the hope of your calling and what is the glory of the riches of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Father, as we leave this morning, we're so thankful for your provision of safety and protection. As we claim out of the unseen realm, Psalms 91, through faith and by confession, we release its ability into the seen realm to protect us and to keep us this week. No evil befalls us, no plague comes in our dwelling place, angels have charge over us. Thank you, Father, only with our eyes will we behold and see the reward of the wicked. Thank you, Lord God. In our travels, on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation, in the righteous labor of our hands, we are not subject to trauma, terror, tribulation of any kind. Thank you, Father. We abide under the shadow of the Most High, and we stand against that which is coming upon the earth. Pandemics, epidemics. Thank you, Father. From the unseen realm, we thank you, Lord. We are vaccinated with a word on the inside that's greater than any infection, any disease that the devil or man can produce. We stand on the front edge, the front end of these things in Jesus' name. Thank you that you stir our hearts for a spirit of evangelism to arise on the inside of us. Thank you that this week we will be an answer to somebody's prayer, a problem to the devil, a miracle in someone's life. We leave today, Father, walking in faith and love towards you, walking in love one toward another. Thank you, Lord, that we are the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. And that here at Island Church, we are covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God! Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.